0: Monty and Doppel and Netflix, like they're just taking companies down. And ReEvil is spending like half their time on color commentaries. Yeah,
1: just like a startup, they're gonna be funny until they get an HR department.
0: In this episode of Bourbon and Breaches, the White House warns of a large number of victims in Microsoft hack. China and Russia hackers are working together. American Airlines is hit in a global aviation data breach Welcome to an episode of bourbon and data breaches, where we cover the top five most interesting breaches of this last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve.
1: Michael. Howdy, I'm Shu. Nikki. Hey, Neil here.
0: Well, Nikki, what do you have for us this, this week?
2: Topic number one: White House warns of large number of victims of Microsoft hack. Uh, we touched on this last week but more stories have been circulating and it's essentially Microsoft's e- email servers got hacked. So, so I think a point of clarity is
0: Microsoft disclosed that their exchange server had a zero day vulnerability that was being exploited on a massive scale. So exchange is typically run by a company, uh, could be run by an individual, but typically run by a company and hackers were in mass taking over exchange servers. Um, So I don't think anyone with a live or a Hotmail email account have have anything to worry about, Um, but a lot of businesses uh, certainly do.
3: That should be, um, all the the personal email addresses should be part of uh, Microsoft's uh, cloud commercial server, uh, which I'm sure is uh, totally secure. And uh, I bet all those politicians that are running their own private non-Outlook servers uh, are, are laughing now. But the, their, their message was, if your organization is running their own OWA, assume compromise between, I think it was um, the middle of February and an, an early date in March.
0: Weren't, wasn't the DNC email server an exchange server? Isn't, wasn't the RNC email server the one that Bush famously used for years uh, an exchange server?
3: It, it might have been. I don't know if uh, Hillary's private server, uh, if she was just running Exchange for herself.
0: I'm, I don't I'm, know the details there. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that was an Exchange server because there were in-depth details about how to delete emails from that server.
3: I can tell you, think of every public school district in the United States, for starters, you know, and then almost every major business.
1: Yeah, the, the point on this is the uh, regardless of its exchange or the Linux equivalent, Linux Unix equivalent of sendmail, um, for decades now, email servers are one are is probably the hardest thing to get right and secure. There are so many holes and so many uh, so many moving parts that you have to nail to make it secure. Um, it's it's very hard to to uh, host an email server correctly. So um, not surprised this was an entryway at all. Um, Actually from the article, it looked like there were several zero days. So uh, I don't doubt that it is a state actor. Zero days are very, very valuable, very hard to find, so.
2: So does this affect like just regular everyday users? Should anybody who's listening to this podcast and doesn't work in security you know, should they be worried? I mean, everything is worrisome these days.
1: When, if your work is hosting your its own exchange server, you should probably ask your admin, what's if, up?
3: If you just have a live.com or an outlook.com personal email address, likely not. Uh, if your business is running their own exchange server, probably your admin is dealing with it right now.
0: I would expect every hospital, every, every uh, regional hospital, to be vulnerable to this. And you think about all the COVID data that's been being stolen by all of these in the disinformation campaigns that are going out. um, I think we could see a whole new series of break-ins that would have uh, major HIPAA implications as well.
2: Gave us a good segue there, Steve, in terms of uh, how everything is a little bit different with COVID. Topic number two will be covering, headline reads, Chinese and Russian hackers reportedly stole vaccine data from European drug regulators. This is not the first and it's not going to be the last headline that we read that is like this, but one uh, line that really stood out was um, these hackers were not trying to get the cure or the ingredients, um, but let me read it real quick it is they mostly appeared interested in the shipping destinations and purchase sizes for pfizer and BioNTech covid vaccines um that's pretty interesting what what are your thoughts in terms of that strategy when it comes to a story like this
0: so two things one i, I I believe the shipping destinations because um, stealing vaccines is starting to become the hot crime. I read somewhere that two or 3 million uh, doses of COVID vaccine were already stolen. Um, I think people are trying to downplay the fact that those vaccines are being stolen because there's soon to be a thriving black market where you can buy actually, I think right now, um, uh, some of the places that hackers sell identities, you can also buy COVID vaccines. Um, I'd say buyer beware for any vaccines you buy out of the dark net. Um, But there very much is a secondary market for this. Um, What I found most interesting, Chinese hackers and Russian hackers don't like each other. They usually don't get along. But this was the second story this week that I saw them both not really working together, but both beating up the same victim. Um, the other one was uh, SolarWinds. I don't know if we're gonna cover this, but SolarWinds, uh, it was found that Russian hackers broke in, but then Chinese hackers took advantage of it after the fact.
2: Is that, is that not an example of just like the hacker community in general, because maybe it didn't have to be you know, state actor and state actor. They just basically said, oh, they broke in. Oh, let's go in and you know, do what we do best. The hacker community is fairly um,
0: helpful, but state-sponsored act uh, state sponsored groups typically do not participate. Uh, SolarWinds was never announced in the hacker community. Russian hackers clearly never disclosed that. Um, Russian hackers and Chinese hackers uh, as state sponsored groups, they generally don't work together. They, they don't get along. Um, and I believe there have been plenty of instances where they've been hacking each other. Um, but it, it's fascinating where they're and they're not exactly working together here. They're just both picking on the same victim. Um, and I don't know how they ended up probably some espionage to see, hey, there's a lot of activity around solar winds. Let's go and figure out what's going on there and and exploit it.
1: This is actually not the first instance that um, we've seen that they have been collaborating. In addition to Iran, um, there have been cases. One, uh, I think several years ago, there was a CIA informant tool that was hacked I think it was Iranians got in first and they started communicating with Chinese and uh, Russian governments. So um, it makes sense that they are communicating and it's pretty dangerous.
2: We got a bourbon break?
0: Bourbon break. So this week we have Oak and Eden. And we're doing their bourbon and brew. So Oak and Eden bourbon and brew. um, I found them from the San Francisco world spirit competition double gold winner list. And uh, turns out they're a fairly new one. Um, Shu tried to go off and get this bourbon, couldn't find it. Um, And I didn't know much about them, but uh, turns out they are a Texas uh, brewery uh, or sorry, uh, distillery. Well, not really a distillery. Um, So a little bit about them. They are up here, uh, northwest of Fort Worth in Bridgeport, Texas. Uh, They're um, not really gimmick, but they're like whole, Um, way of operating is that every bottle has a uh, wood spire. So I don't know if you can really see it in this one, but we've got a wood spire here in the bottle. That's going to give it a nice oaky flavor that actually, uh, it's almost as if it was still in barrel. Um, So as the bottle gets older, um, it's going to age. So uh, as opposed to pulling a bourbon out of the barrel and just having it sit in glass, these uh, bourbons will age um, in bottle. Uh, we are doing the bourbon and brew. So this, again, San Francisco World Spirit Competition double gold winner. Uh, it is infused with coffee. Um, the, they take the wood spire, infuse it with coffee before they put it into the bottle. Um, so it really looks like a pretty young brewery or uh, distillery here because here's what a Google Street View has has to say about that. Um, You know, clearly uh, just a year or so ago, it was uh, an empty storefront. And so it looks like they've uh, been able to fix that up and and put together a a nice little uh, distillery. Um, I keep making the mention uh, difference between them and others. So they buy their spirits from MGP, MGP is a large uh, distillery. They wholesale uh, produce uh, spirits, and then they uh, sell those to uh, a a wide number of brands uh, that then do interesting things with them, uh, age them, mix them with coffee uh, as in this case. So it's a relatively young spirit. Um, It's a two-year-old spirit, Um, we don't know the mash bill. Um, you know, we release date is fairly recent as well. So they've probably been around for a year or so, um, MSRP is pretty high. MSRP is at 55. So, um, friends over at breaking bourbon, they didn't give it a terribly glowing review. Um, because once you get into that $55 price range, uh, you're really going to get some stiff competition uh, from uh, Blantons and from, you know, you could buy two bottles of Michters. Uh, you're you're going to get, um, you know, some, some really good bourbons up in there. Um, so what I like about this, um, you know, take the MSRP away. My, my main thought was, is this a good bourbon? Do I enjoy it? And, and the answer is yeah, I really do. Uh, it's got a rich flavor. Um, I don't know if the coffee is a bit of a gimmick, but it definitely has more of a, a darker toffee sweet. Um, you know, some some of the darker notes that you would uh, typically get brown sugar molasses um, from uh, from some bourbons that are typically aged a bit longer so I'm enjoying this. It's a nice sipping bourbon. Um, you know, the thing that makes it special is probably that that oakiness and, and that coffee. Um, so I would say if you're looking for something interesting, if you've ever wanted to see infusions, I think that's really Oak and Eden's whole thing. Uh, they do infusions with coffee or with wine. Uh, I'd say give it a go. Uh, you know, maybe for a special occasion. I got this as a gift. Uh, that's also a great way to do it. Uh, if you don't have to pay for it, um, it's, uh, it's a very good bourbon. So uh, I, I would recommend it, um, but at 55, you know, uh, I would recommend it if you're really looking for something different versus, you know, some of the high quality bourbons you can, you can get at 55.
2: And that's our bourbon break. Rest of the breaches then. Topic number three we'll be covering, comes from Gizmodo. Uh, very interesting headline. Someone is hacking the hackers. In the latest string of hits on Russian dark web forums, the prominent crime site Maza appears to have been hacked by someone earlier this week. What are your thoughts on the story?
0: Maza is a closed forum and to get into it, you need an invitation. Um, so I won't confirm or deny whether or not we're in that one. Um, but not a lot of people were. Um, and so I think one is Maza was kept pretty tight. Um, and then two, it's interesting that someone was able to fully break in. And now they're leaking a lot of data about who was in Maza. So uh, that that data by itself is going to be pretty interesting. What do you think, Miguel?
1: Uh, I agree. And uh, it's always interesting. And I have to say, it's not the first time that this has happened, though. I'm guessing there must be like a sign, like a ribbon, if you get to hack a hacker, that would be like 100 years of forgiveness or something like that. I, on the top of my head, I do remember that the Void Forum got hacked probably like a year ago.
0: Nold as got well. It.
1: Mm, sorry, which one? Nold. Oh yeah, you're right. They're absolutely Null right.
0: Node and void both got hacked. Yep.
1: Yeah. So this is not the first time, though. though this is the first time that I've read that a Russian site get hacked.
2: Are they at the top of the food chain? How does that work? Uh, the Russian they are sites. Special. Yeah, the Russian
0: sites uh, spend a lot more time keeping um, the general plebs out and. Um, only invitation, only people or people with a lot of reactions, um, or, uh, accolades can do stuff. So, uh, Russian sites are much more close closed in communities. Um, whereas a lot of the English forms, um, they are very much encouraging everyone to sign up They they want, Tens of 1000s of people, if not hundreds of 1000s of people on there all the time. So the the Russian sites are are operating with a different uh, mo
1: Extremely restrictive, I would say, Russian ones.
0: I find I find it hilarious that the Russian sites are like, this is for the elites. This is not for everyone. The means of production are only for us.
1: It's the is Russian like, sure. not the Soviet. It's not it's not a Soviet site, Steve. It's a Russian site. Tomato, tomato.
2: <laughs> Does that mean that, that there could be an operation right now to like smoke out the rat to find who is who's been hacking it and maybe they'll turn up somewhere in the tundra missing kneecaps? Well
0: just because you hacked it doesn't mean you had an account. So very well could have been an outsider. Um, I think I think. what's more fascinating is it, when you have a closed community, a closed site like that, hacking and releasing all the data, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, that's going to be a lot of relationships that are not widely known. It's going to be a lot of, you know, that's going to be an exclusive group of people that probably are on a lot of wanted lists. And so I think this data is going to, you know, what uh, law enforcement does is they take data that's been leaked and they use it as puzzle pieces to piece together a picture. So you start off with an email and you can get a phone number, you can get an address, you can get, you know, oh, uh, this username was used here and, and here and here. So it's, it's all about making the connections. And I think uh, Maza is going to make uh, uh, for quite a few interesting connections.
3: Yeah, to, to put it another way, there is an enormous difference between I know absolutely zero about you and you're an unknown unknown, or I know one thing about you, which is a known unknown, and it's at, it's at least a lead.
0: And, and we'll, <clears throat> we'll do the same thing at HackNose. We, we get all the lake all the data, we bring it all together, and then we uh, enable people to make those connections. And so um, we'll, we'll have uh, fraud. And it's very easy for people to follow the chain of fraud um, and figure out uh, who's doing it or how are they doing it or, or where are they getting this data?
2: We will cover that in an upcoming story. But for topic number four, American Airlines is hit in global aviation data breach. Steve, are you an American Airlines vantage Loyalty Program member? Yep. Yeah. This, this was me. <laughs> just like continues.
0: Just like last week. Um, they, they sent me an email, uh, right after this, um, and, uh, they sent, uh, one of our investors an email as well. And so, uh, he sent me his email. He said, yep, yeah, no, I, I got that one too. So this, this data breach includes me.
2: Steve, it is mentioned that, uh, it's only the elite status, the AA number, or American American Airlines advantage number uh, was was released and not passports and financial information for you as somebody that has been hit breach after breach with all these companies. That, hold hold on, that's very that mis-
0: that's very misleading uh, statement. They they say we know that your American Airlines number was stolen and one or two other things and we also know that it wasn't your password, but there's a huge gap between there, right? There's the gap of all the things that could have been stolen that American <laughs> has about me. Cause you think about what, what you need for a flight, uh, ID, passport, right? I've, I've given American my passport number several times. Um, uh, credit card, they say no financials, right? Whatever. But there's like all this PII that could have been stolen, um, and there, you know, mum's the word on that. So um, until I see the data file, I will not know exactly what was stolen. Um, you know, Drizzly never told me that they leaked my date of birth, but I know they did it because I see it in the leaked file. So,
3: well, going back to the vaccine thing, you know, it's. It- Uh, an an airlines flight record is just a shipping manifest for people. So if they already made the reservations, you just know where certain people are going to be on certain dates and if they're going to be home or not too, which is totally creepy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Flight, actual flight information. They don't specify. There was one footnote in that article. I don't know if you guys caught it, but it was, uh, it talked about um, potentially partners of American airlines with their global alliance partners. Yeah, so you, okay. they asked United, uh, was it, were you breaching? United it was like, mm, no comment right now. So there may be further fallout from this too.
0: Yeah, our, our expectation is it is all of the uh, Star Alliance, all yeah. all of the CITA um, companies, and so that's that's United, that's that's even I think Lufth- Lufthansa. Lufthansa. Yeah, Lufthansa, yeah, So I love uh, Lufthansa. The Germans can enjoy what it is like to be a part of this breach as well.
3: I have never had so much to drink on a plane as on Lufthansa. They give you two drinks while you're up in the sky and then they give you a pre-dinner cocktail and then they give you brandy to finish. They are committed.
2: Well, if you're unsure where your information went, uh, Steve, I'm sure, uh, China may know, I don't know if you guys remember, but in a episode, maybe three or four back, uh, China was labeled to be collecting information on high value individuals and all of their records and all of their flights and everything, every piece of information that goes along with that. So.
0: I still believe China is amassing a global database of every person on the planet. And it makes complete sense that would be a very valuable database. And if they hadn't had the idea, to, if they didn't have the idea before this, they do now. Um, so I think that just as all of this data starts leaking out, there's gotta be some master database, just sucking it all up and building a profile for every human on the planet.
1: Yeah, you're not the first one to think that. There was, a, there was an article I saw, I can't remember where now, it was basically saying, This is what China's doing, and within 5, 10 years, they're going to have this database.
2: All right. Ready for our fifth topic of the day? Favorite one. Yeah, definitely. Another uh, breaking news situation, the gist is uh, CIBA, C-I-B-A Insurance Services, were hacked. Um, by ransomware gang, ReEvil. We've talked about them many, many times because they're so good at their jobs. ReEvil has a very creative copywriter um, calling out the IT director of a company in California as he brags on their exploits. Uh, I'm not going to read it, duh. What (laughs) do you guys have to say about uh, this (laughs) this <laughs> story. So, so, let's let's leave this up for, for a
0: moment. People can read it um, if they so choose. Uh, a few um, a few side notes here. One is we are tracking. I want to say twenty five ransomware gangs, twenty three to twenty five. Um, I gotta say re evil's the funniest. I don't know if there's an award for that. I don't know if there's a competition but I'm pretty sure that ReEvil knocks it out of the park every time in terms of their color commentary. Um, Also what you're seeing right here in the HackNutis app, we very quietly secretly have been working on building the hack cache and that includes caching uh, the dark web. So you are actually reading what ReEvil posted on their dark web uh, website. So uh, if you uh, Were to go to that URL, which we are not you know, recommending, buyer beware, um, but you would see ReEvil's site, and you'd see this exactly as they have it. Um, so we are caching the dark web, making it easy, safe, sanitary for, well, I don't know if sanitary, easy and safe for anyone to go and, and read what ReEvil is posting about these companies. Um, but uh, I just think that they are the funniest ransomware gang um some don't even try some are just like "Ooh, we hacked you but re has got this ongoing color commentary i think for all of theirs um and you know they they mention uh people by name um they allude to what these people were doing uh it's just some good old-fashioned fun
3: we don't condone any of that and by the way just to make sure that we're clear, we are only reposting exactly what we found and indexing exactly what we found. We're not saying that any of that is true. We're not saying that any of this is accurate. All we're saying is that it's very clear that all the involved parties here are definitely living their best life.
0: <laughs> yep, uh, we, we, th- these are not claims made by us. This is just uh, reporting on what ReEvil posted. Um, and they posted that they broke into Siba or Siba Seba Insurance Services. Um, and uh, they posted some evidence and all that. They posted some images and God forbid, whatever those images are. Um, but they also posted some wonderful commentary here, um, naming very specific people, which is unfortunate. We do not condone naming people. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a fun fun one
3: ransomware as we've said on the show is just having a moment it's exploiting some choices that folks have made to prioritize one thing in security over another and it's using a lack of employee security to get into companies companies are not prepared and even the traditional responses from two or three years ago to ransomware like Booting from backups is not helping people when data has been cloned and then data is going to be dumped. And until we adjust as an as a as a corporate ecosystem, they're they're just going to keep doing what they're doing.
0: I mean, ransomware victims are still victims, but I think <clears throat> I think that there are um, there's never been a better time to build a culture of security and a security aware company. And there's tools and capabilities and know-how that are readily accessible. So um, I think that we feel bad for the victims, um, but we're also hopeful that there can be fewer victims uh, with better uh, security awareness and a culture of security. But uh, ransomware, is going to exploit people, it's gonna exploit vulnerabilities, it's gonna exploit zero days. Um, And ultimately, ransomware is a business model. It's an economic model, which makes it almost impossible to fight. Um, It's like fighting terrorism, right? It's, it's, It's almost like fighting an ideology um, ransomware is the current way that hackers profit um, and they are making Boku bucks. So uh, it's gonna, I think it's having a moment but I think it's about to explode. Um, and I think we may end up in a ransomware epidemic. We're, we're in a data breach epidemic um, but the ransomware epidemic could be far more damaging. This has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, uh, comment, subscribe, and follow. If you have any breaches or bourbon you'd like us to cover, you can let us know at contact.hacknotice.com. Until next time.